eternal God, you draw near to us in Christ and you make yourself our guest. Amid the cares of our daily lives, make us attentive to your voice and alert to your presence that we may treasure your word above all else. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. The story of how Abraham and Sarah entertained three messengers from God encourages all of us to show hospitality to others. You never know who's knocking at your door. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks in the Manre. As Abraham sat in the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring you a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good. He gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that they had prepared and set it before them. He stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to Abram, where is your wife Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The passage that follows from the letter of the Colossians opens us to the mystery that God is revealed to us in Christ, who lives within us. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, I am now rejoicing in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, that is, the church, I became its servant according to God's commission that it was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to 
his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ whom we proclaim, warning every person, teaching every person in all wisdom, so that we may be present, every person mature in Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, Lord. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. You have the words of everlasting life. The story of Martha and Mary in the gospel reading in the past, people have, they've been dividing themselves up. The Marthas, raise your hand, Marthas. And Mary's, raise your hands. <laughs> Yesterday at the 5.30 mass, there were two sisters sitting over there, and I saw one nudge the other. <laughs> I've always had to be the Martha. And really, this gospel story isn't about figuring out which one we are. The point of this gospel text is that we need a balance. Every one of us needs to be part Martha and part Mary. When we don't have both, our lives are out of balance. There was a story about a politician, and I swear I heard this story 20 years ago. So please don't get fussed with it. But anyway, this politician was very, very ambitious and he was looking to be elected to office and into other offices, and he was looking to, to really rise in the political world. And one day, one day, the devil appeared to him. And the devil said to him, I will give you the power, the money, the resources that you need to be elected to any and every office you want to be elected. In fact, I will empower you to be president of the United States if all you have to do 
is sell me your soul. The politician nodded and said, yeah, okay. He said, so he brought him the parchment and, and he signed his name. He signed over his soul. And then the politician said to the devil, he said, uh, I, I, I've signed it. We have a deal. I, I just want to know, you're giving me all this power. You're giving me everything I need to win election after election. You're even going to help me to become president of the United States. And all you want from me is my soul. And the devil said, yes. And the politician said, what's the catch? I think it's a funny story. <laughs> I give you my soul. The politician's life is out of balance. He doesn't have a sense of the presence of God in his life. He has no, no soul. The gospel text today is an interesting text. It's very interesting that Mary is described as sitting at the feet of Jesus. Women in Jesus' day would not do that. Women would not be welcomed in the crowd of men who were sitting there listening to Jesus preach. She was supposed to be in the kitchen helping out. It's interesting that Mary sits in the posture of a disciple. She sits at the feet of Jesus listening. Maybe Luke is trying to tell us something about men and women in the church experience, huh? You know, we read this story and, and I can't help but wonder, people who are dead set against uh, uh, ordaining women as, as deacons or priests in the church, I wonder how they handle Mary sitting in the presence of Jesus and listening to his teaching. I wonder how they deal with that. But again, the issue, I, the more important issue for us is that we have balance in our lives. The balance of prayer and activity. That's hard to do, huh? That's really hard to keep that balance. There's so many things, we're, we're so busy. We, we fill our iPhones with all kinds of lists and things we have to get done. And, and so much is expected of us as, as parents, as, as, as priests and teachers. There's so much expected. How do we find the time for prayer? Maybe we don't find the time at all. We have to make the time. I learned years ago that the best way for me to live is that the first hour of my life belongs to God. First hour of my life belongs to God. When I do that, I'm a happy dude. When I fail to do that, when I'm distracted and doing other things, my life seems to go it just goes to crap. Might be a good idea for all of us 
to think about putting our prayer time with God first and let that direct the rest of our lives. There's a story about a visitor at a Trappist monastery. And this visitor at a Trappist monastery, he asked the abbot, he said, you know, the young, the young monks here, do they complain about anything in, in living this monastic life? And the abbot smiled and said, well, yeah, uh, we make them, they get up at 2.30 in the morning and they have morning prayer, they have matins and morning prayer as a community. And they complain about having to get up that early, but, but, then they go out and they work on the farm and when they come back, they tell me that the, the experience of working in the farm, it's almost an ecstatic experience. They sense the presence of God in the sun and in the heat and when there's rain and then in the fields, they sense the presence of God. So I told them, I said, from now on, you don't come to matins or morning prayer early in the morning. You just come to mass. Every day you come to mass. Well, they did that for a while and they got back to the abbot and he said, uh, well, how's it going? And they said, well, we find that we're not ecstatic when we go into the fields. We, we don't see the presence of God. It's just, we feel like we're just being farmhands. And the abbot, being very wise, said, could it be that the time that we spend in prayer opened your eyes to God's presence and God's wonder that you experience in the rest of the day. The challenge of today's gospel is a challenge for balance. My suggestion is that you give the first minutes of the day to time for prayer with God. I'm going to ask you, we have these wristbands that we had made for our 30th anniversary, there's extra in, in the gathering space. Pick one up and when you look at it, remember to pray for me that I have the discipline to give the first hour of every day to God. And if you do that praying for me, maybe it'll work for you too. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You may have all this world, but give me Jesus. Now the journey has begun, now the journey has begun, now the journey has begun, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you may have all the world. But give me Jesus.
When the prize is surely won, when the prize is surely won, when the prize is surely won, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You may have all the world, but give me Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.